Life is sweet. Let it sweep you off your feet. Hi, you're listening to Find Your Joy. If you're looking for ways to thrive rather than survive in a world that can seem rather chaotic, you're in the right place. We will be sharing stories of our own as well as those from guests who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them. I'm Allie, author of The Art of Healing Trauma, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. Hi, this is Allie, and this is Find Your Joy. And I'm really excited today. Today, I have one of my dearest friends, uh, and more than that, though, she is uh, Auntie Kate. So we know Auntie Kate, many of us from Auntie Kate and the Uncles of Funk and the adventure she's taken us musically. But there's a side to Auntie Kate that not everyone knows about, and I think that... um, we really do get to, need to get to know a little bit more about this. I've been blessed over the years to hear many of her incredible stories of her family's heritage and um, how she's studied her genealogy and learned so much about it. And today and in the coming episodes, she's going to share with us a little bit about how she started that Um the adventures of uncle paul many many stories are going to come out and we're going to learn a lot about this and i'm really excited hi kate hello Allie. i don't know how blessed you you've been having to put up with all of my ramblings over the years (laughs) (laughs) but but you're a good sport you hang in there Uh, i just i love it and it's and what it's done for me is i've always been as you know really curious about my own heritage but you've taught me a lot about not just how to look into it more, but really understand the why. I didn't even understand, I don't think, so much why I was so curious. So let's start a little bit wherever you'd like to start. Maybe, um, you know, I'd love people to meet Uncle Paul. (laughs) Is that where you'd like to start? Because I think that's where a lot of it starts for me anyways, in my mind. Sure, sure. Uncle Paul was... He, he was the one that really started me down this path of knowing your ancestors, knowing where you came from and how important it is. He um, he was, uh, by the time he was 14 years old, he was like pretty much quadriplegic. He had, uh, arth- no, what was it, rheumatoid arthritis. Oh. Back in the 40s, 50s, they really didn't know how to treat it. So it did the the his joints all calcified, and so he just couldn't move. He was just quadriplegic. So he was stuck at home. And so uh, all his brothers and sisters were out doing the fishing and the doing the gardening and all of the chores, and there were many of them. He was one of 16 kids. So he was stuck at home with his mother because he could not move about. And so she probably took it uh, as as her kuleana, her responsibility to to keep him entertained, basically. And so she started telling him all the stories about her, her father, her grandfather, teaching him what she knew. And he took that and ran with it. Um, I never met my grandmother. She died in 1943, long, long before I was around. 
But he took these stories, this this history she he, she had told him. It was all oral history. Oral history is a is a, a really important way for Indigenous peoples to to tell their story and their customs and everything. You know, um, most of it was not written down. It's just oral history. They they tell you what to do and you do it. Right. Or, you, or listen to me. Listen, as Uncle Paul used to say, "Come here." He tell all there was. Um, there was eight. Eight of us in, in my family, uh, five girls, three boys. But the two older girls were gone long before I came along. They were much older than me. But the six of us, my three brothers and the three younger girls, myself included, Uncle Paul would tell us, hey, come here, come here. And of course, like he, he couldn't reach out and grab us. He was sort of, the, <laughs> we had him captive. And we ran around, kids, ah. we say, come here, here, sit down, now listen to me. I have a story to tell you. It's your responsibility, your kuleana, to remember this and tell it as your own to your children and your grandchildren. And then off he would go on this rambling tale of, of our, our family. And like the family tree was really important to him, like who, who your ancestors were. And it, he called it the family bush or the family hedge because unlike those um, genealogical um charts you know the oak tree that starts at the top and goes down like this ours was more like a hedge because there were so many huge families and it was just tangled cross-generational marriages and just who married who and who had which children and who raised them that was important to him and he would tell those stories once he had our attention yes (laughs) sit down listen he would tell us these stories and he told them the same way every time because that was important so that it didn't just sort of like well didn't you say it was somebody or other else you know he had to tell it the same way every time and he had about over 300 he could spout over 350 names of of fam- uh, relatives um just just to keep it straight with us and that was just the family tree that wasn't even the stories he told us so yeah uncle paul he, i got his picture Oh, yes. Picture of For him. those of you who are watching this. Watching. He was, um, I think it's here. Oh, here. This is him. Oh. This is Uncle Paul. Oh, how beautiful. That's my dad. Handsome. My gosh, he's a handsome man. Auntie Rose, Auntie Sophie. And, and they, th- that's your dad's brothers and sister? Yes. Yes, four of them. Four of the 16. Four of the six, right. Four of the 16. Dad was 13 of 16 and Uncle Paul was 12 of 16. So they were down, down the list. The younger. Yes. Wow. So, so now you grew up on Salt Spring Island and, and Uncle Paul is telling you stories. And so um, when did you, when did you always know that you were Hawaiian and First Nations, like, did you always know that you were Hawaiian? Um, yes, yes. Because because Uncle Paul got his information, all his stories from his mother. Now, she, her name was Matilda Naokana. Her father was William Naokana, who was, he was Hawaiian, married to a, an Indian woman, probably many. I think he had many wives and many families. Um, so when when she told her stories, it was all leaning towards 
the Hawaiian side of our heritage because that's what she knew. Right. But we always knew that was in there. And we always knew the First Nations side of, of our heritage because it's just the way, you know, again, it's that your your ancestors, they teach you what they know. And so all of that knowledge came from, from them was all about our First Nations and Hawaiian heritage. Mm. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your, tell us a little bit about um, where you come from and your, and your, your family, your family bush, as it were, your tangled family bush. (laughs) The hedge. The hedge. hedge. Yeah, well, the Hawaiian side of, of our journey here in the Pacific Northwest started with my great, great grandfather. Um, he was a man named Naukane, and they called him John Cox Naukana. Now, the story behind that, again, oral history, and actually, no, it's it's written in, in some of the, the journals from the explorers of the day. They called him John Cox because apparently he resembled either one of the crewmen men on the ship or someone in the forts that he built whose name was John Cox. So oh. they named John Cox and just put his name on the end like a surname. But now kind of was, well, um, like in many indigenous cultures, you have one name. You don't have Bill Smith. You have now kind of Palau. You know? So, yeah, so they, they that's when now kind of became a surname for us. So oh, he, interesting. Yeah. He's the one that came here first. And he came here in 1811. So it was way before there were any borders. Like it wasn't the United States and Canada. It wasn't British Columbia, Washington, or it was not. It was all of that area, British Columbia, right down to parts of California and out through Montana and Idaho. That entire area, the Americans called it Oregon Territory. The British called it the Columbia District. But it was the same same lump of land. It was just the British outlook or the American outlook, you know. Right. British and the Americans were always fighting each other over who owned what. And, you know. So, um, yeah, that was Oregon, Oregon country, Columbia district. So he right. arrived then. So he didn't come to BC. He didn't come to Salt Spring Island. He was here on the Pacific Northwest. And they brought the Hawaiians here to help set up the fur trading posts. The fur trade had not been established here in the Pacific Northwest in the 1800s. Back east, uh, Quebec and Manitoba, Ontario, they'd been plying the, the, the fur trade for centuries. Since right. They knew there was there was a, a gold mine out here in the West Coast. They just couldn't figure out how to get out here at that time. Right. They brought the Hawaiians up trying to set up the first fur trading post, which they did. And it was an American ship that brought him here. A lot of people um, credit the Hudson's Bay Company with bringing the Hawaiians here. And they, they were instrumental, but much later on, but at least 10 years or so after they'd established the first trade. The Americans, it was a ship called the Tonquin, and it was owned by America's first, I think, their first multimillionaire, John Jacob Astor. He owned the ship. He... he uh, funded the the whole expedition trying to get his feet on the ground first here with the fur trade interesting is that where like i might have nothing to do with it but like the astoria hotels and things like that are they is that any connection do you know or you know it might be uh the the 
post, the fur trading post they built out here, the very first one, when they finally did arrive, they called it Fort Astoria and directly named after John Jacob Astor. Interesting. So they, hotels, they probably do have something to do with, with him, you know, because that's an old name. We'll have right. to Google it. We'll have to Google it's it. On Google, it's for sure. Yeah, that's right. They could never lie to us on Google. Me and technology. It took me 40 minutes how to figure out to get on this thing. <laughs> that was because, <laughs> this is funny. So while you're listening, you can know that while we were trying to do this Zoom call, first of all, we had to figure out how for Kate to get on. And then we had it on and I couldn't hear her. And I had to actually <laughs> call my husband at work and he had to three do a three-way FaceTime kind of a thing. And it turned out it was me that didn't have my proper speaker on. <laughs> I'm, well, we, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very technologically fit. Yeah, that's just, that's just the truth. Oh my gosh. So, so, we, so we have the, so they've come up. Uh, Nawakana has has come up. He now did he have a family back in Hawaii? Oh yes, I'm sure he did. Um, yeah, he came up in his late 30s, early 40s. Um, he was it was 1810. 1811 is when they they came up here, January or so of 1811. Now, okay, back up a year there in 18 in in Hawaii, 1810. That's when this. This guy named King Kamehameha the <laughs> First. You may have heard of him. <laughs> you may have heard of him. He established the sovereign kingdom of Hawaii in that year. They've been battling for 20, 30 years for him to be the king. I'm the boss of you all. And that's when he established it. So a year later, he's sending some of his people on this journey. The Americans approached him. They wanted, they wanted a workforce. Um, they they would take some of the Hawaiian people to help them build the forts, to sail the ships. The, the Hawaiians are fabulous navigators, you know, so they needed a workforce. And so the Kamehameha decided, okay, I'll, I'll send some of my people. You know, there was quite a deal, I'm sure, that went on. You know, you got to pay me some money for using my people or pay them. I think they got, they had a three-year contract. And I think at the end of it, they got a hundred bucks and a new set of clothes, something like that. It was really <laughs> pretty paltry pay for, for <laughs> three years' work, but nevertheless. Yeah, so Kamehameha, he, uh, the maritime nations of the world had been visiting Hawaii for decades at this right. point, 40 years. So he was quite in tune with the Americans and the British and all the people that had come. So I think, you know, it, it might have been his opportunity to send emissaries to these other places, other places where they had been coming from, send his people, they became his eyes and his ears up here to, to figure out what do they got that we need and what have we got that we can trade with them. Right. And everybody had come to him. Now he's, he's reaching out. So he sent some of his people, he sent 24 Hawaiians on that first journey. Um, a few Hawaiians had arrived uh, up here on on other expeditions, but just like uh, one person on the ship, or you know, not, nothing like this adventure. Right. So he sent twenty four of them. My great great grandfather being one of them, and he seemed to be a man of importance because I found a lot written about him. There's notes of him in the journals and and. Uh, memoirs and and things like that. They they mention this guy John Cox Malcana all the time, 
And the story, well, it's not really a story. His father was a man named Kamanava. Kamanava was one of Kamehameha's high makimaks. Um, that's um, Chinook, high ali'i chief. Chief. Uh, when Kamehameha took over the whole islands, he had he, the five Kona chiefs, I think they called them, five five men in any case that were his his go-to guys. So this man, Kamanava, was the father to John Cox Naokana. So he was your great, great, great grandfather. And he right? was okay. He was a twin. He had a twin brother named Kimeao Moku. They they talk about the, the royal twins. That's those two guys, Kimeao Moku and Kamanava. They're on their royal, their Hawaiian coat of arms. There's oh. One holds a spear, that's Kamiyao Moku, and on the other side, the kahili, the big feather staff. Yes. That's um, Kamanava. That's my triple great-grandfather. So Kamehameha cho- probably chose um, my great-great-grandfather because he's a son of his chief. Yes, yes. So, he could trust him. Yeah. Send your important people. I think all those first men who came, the 24, were probably all somehow related to that that king's court because of course he's going to send his people that he he trusts and he knows wow this is fascinating because you know i i mean we just we know so little about about how anyone got anywhere really you know there's you want we understand about you know, contact or colonization or there, but that's a very big word for something that does not describe people like um, your family that came. Yeah. And, and, and many, many people that came actually, you know, I mean, it's uh, other than, so I, I like that, that it's, uh, and, and I, I remember when we were talking very early, like, oh, this is many years ago. And someone had told me, and wrongfully so, that um, the Hawaiians were slaves, and that's how they were brought here. And I remember saying, oh, right. So the Hawaiians were slaves, right, when they came, and you said, no, 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 no. That, and and you corrected me on that. And it was interesting because there's always people, well, when people don't know, we often, a story is made up to try to fill in that gap of, of, of knowledge that is missing. But you have this, um, I was going to, I was going to say, um, we went on a, 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 what do you call it? The ghost walk here in Victoria together once we took, you and I, we took, we took our grandkids my grandkids, not your grandkids, but we took my grandkids. And, and for those listening, we, we, so we're going on this walk and, and these historians and, and people who are um, of the, I don't really know what it's called, but there's some sort of um, a ghost society or something like that in Victoria. But as we're going through the walk and they're naming all these names, and these are names I'd heard before because of you, because of these were some of these were your family members or people that your family member had had dealings with. And, and then you would say to me, okay, yes, that's true. But here's the backstory to that story. It was so fascinating. You know, there's a whole other, see, there's a whole other um, company I'm going to form for you. The backstory to the ghost stories <laughs> yeah. following along in the background correcting them <laughs> well it's it's interesting to have someone because you're not 
I mean, I don't want to say just as in only as in it doesn't matter. Um, you are you are driven. Your passion was to find out everything you could about your family. And through that, you have become a rather well-known historian for all things Hawaiian in this area. It seems that way. <laughs> it does. I would say so. You have been asked to do tours and talks at, at universities and many, many places. So it's, um, it's it, it, you. You tripped and fell right into that. I, I guess I sort of did. You know, like it's it, mostly. I have a cousin on the Big Island of Hawaii, and she found me on the internet. Ta-da! I, I, I am so good with the internet, but it was it was a family tree program that came up. Someone I had been handwriting the whole family hedge, and someone said, "Oh, you know, you can go online, and they have a blank tree or form, and you just fill in the names." And I was, oh, I'm, "I'm for that," so I figured it out. I got the the blank. I started filling in the names, and I got up to about five hundred names, and it just went. <laughs> Too many names, can't go any farther. <laughs> but but I've only scratched the surface, right? So the, the the whole family tree thing, I I had to sort of handwrite anyway, and I have I have yards of it here. But finding all of my ancestors led me through just that little narrow path of the Hawaiians. There's so much more to the story that I don't know because I don't know their histories so I've had to learn a bit about the general idea of the Hawaiians and why they arrived and how and that sort of thing but most of my my history and my stories go directly down my family tree because that's what I know yes but it but it is fascinating because not only that you know so much about your own family which not everyone does. And I would say that the average um, person of, um, I was, your average white guy, um, you know, a lot, a lot, not everyone, I will say that I wasn't raised and most people that I know that come from either European or something like that descent, this was not something that was taught to a lot of us. I'm, I'm, you know, there may be many people who do, who were taught that way. Um, I wasn't so much. And I, and I think that, that it's an amazing thing. So there's something even deeper though, besides, besides knowing about your family, besides knowing the history, can you just touch a little bit about the importance, whether that's a spiritual importance or a, there's something so deep about knowing your ancestors. That's, Mm. can you just, can you explain that a little bit? Well, your ancestors, you know, without our ancestors, we wouldn't be here. Right. Quite, quite simple, you know, without them. So, it, you know, it, to know them and, and what they contributed to to our lives is is just the most important to me. Honoring our ancestors, I've heard it. I, I don't know where I got these words from, but it just is constantly in my head that to, honoring our ancestors reminds us of who we are. And where we came from, it acknowledges the fact that our lives were built on the foundations that they laid, mm. and that one day it reminds us that we will be the ancestors. Yes. What are we passing on? You know, so it's just important 
to know where you came from. And if you don't know a lot of it, that's okay. Know back to your, your parents. How did they affect your life? Your grandparents. Most people can go back as far as their grandparents. You know, like if you look at a family tree, everybody has two parents, you know, sometimes they got four these days, you know, right. those blended families, but you mostly have two parents, birth parents, then you have four grandparents, eight great grandparents, 16 great, great grandparents. So when I talk of John Cox Naokana, he's only one, one sixteenth branch of the great grandparents. There's so many more of them. And as you said, I, I don't know much about the, the, the European side of my ancestry. I have Scottish and English, lots of First Nations, Hawaiian. They're all mixed in there. Right. You know, but it's, it's, it's figuring that part out, right? It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Now, with your help, and I've been doing a little bit exploring, and my Uncle John. So my Uncle John is the last remain meaning sibling of my in my dad's family of 13 and he's and thankfully for me he's the guy and for all of us he's the guy that was really into genealogy so he's created a book he he is the holder of this information and I've become so very curious about it so there I am I'm on ancestry.com and I'm on looking at his book and I'm trying to figure it out and I I chose like you I chose one path to go down for now because it's just too much that's what I found so what I chose I'm going to tell you how I chose this well for a few reasons there's so my mom was adopted so I I chose to not in no way dishonoring the people who adopted her just I I wanted to have an understanding of my biological roots to start with that's that's where I started but because my mom was adopted um I, I took I took that out of the equation only because you know the people that the people that did not keep her for now I'm not going to search them out too much and the people who had adopted her um, I, I, I have my memories of them, but I thought, so I went, I went, I went to my, to my dad's mom's side. And I think, I think that, um, one of the reasons that I went there was because as an, I'm a Nana and mm. I remember my cousin who is one of the first of all of the cousins, right? So her dad was the oldest and she was the firstborn of them. So she's, you know, not quite 20 years older than me, but, you know, like a generation ahead of me. And she has wonderful stories of my Nana, her Nana, that she knew because she was alive when she was younger and they lived on the farm. And, and so she, when, when, uh, when our grandmother lived in town at one point, as as people age, they tend to move off the farms if they can and and come into town a bit. She lived with her um, for some time while she was going to school because there was no school where they were. And something happened to me. And I remember thinking, because I'm a Nana now, and I thought, I, I know the depth to which I love my grandkids. And I thought, she would love me like that. Yep. Even though she's never met me, she loves me like that. And it was a profound. It was, <laughs> it was so. It was so profound. For me. You're such a I go again. 
I'm the crybaby. Kate is not, just so you yeah. know. She's she's a big meanie and I'm a big softie. But I but I and so that's 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 the path I've gone down. And since I started that and you've been helping me with all of that, I can't believe the history that I found about my family. It's amazing. I didn't know I could have found those things out before. So if you're listening and if you're curious at all, pick a grandparent and go back just one grandparent more or go back to where they originated from. And you just start Googling and there is a wealth of information that you can actually start to tie your actual family to. I was amazed and I I was when I was doing like when I was doing my research as as I was telling you that um so my grandmother was born in Glengarry Ontario or came from Glengarry Ontario where her family did and and she and was a Mactonell and but then I was getting mixed up because there was Glengarry in Scotland and I thought well I don't understand. Like, am I mixing these things up? Well, no, they're the same family. And when they, well, that's a whole story for another day. When they, let's just say, arrived in Canada, um, after, after, uh, never mind, after they were, the, the boot was given and horrible things. And after all of the, anyways, when, when much of Scotland was losing their land as, as, as much of the indigenous people were here and they came over, they were the Glengarry's, the Macdonnells of the Glengarry from Scotland who settled here. So then all of a sudden, now I just had to explore that. And for me, it was that easy, but I learned that from you. I did. I wouldn't have known how to do that before. Yeah, there's a wealth of information out there. Uncle Paul, for, for all his teachings to us, um, it was all oral history. Wow. Um, all of a sudden, he was quadriplegic. He did not get around. Um, he had me write letters. I remember writing letters for him. Um, to the archives and and asking for birth certificates or do you have a birth record for people? And like back then it was the snail mail. You wrote the letter, you sent it, and maybe two weeks later you get an answer back. Nope, we can't find anything. <laughs> you know. So as the the internet world came in, then it it searching took on a whole new outlook. Now I can start searching through like you just type in BC archives. And up comes their site. You can search births, deaths, marriages, colonial marriages, baptisms. It's all in there. Yes. And there's way more to it than that that I haven't even explored yet. Ancestry.ca, another one. Um, they hook up, I think, to the archives and, and give you lots of information on births and deaths. But they also go into like ships manifests. Uh, I found my grandmother on my mum's side coming back from England in 1918 on a ship arriving at Halifax, final destination, Victoria. And then two months later, she had my mom. You oh, know? so that sort of information is you see wow. that they were traveling. It's a, a wealth of information if you know how to use the internet. Yes, and, and that's part of it, right? It's doing the maneuvering and kind of, and finding our way through all of that. Sometimes I'm pretty lucky and other times I just, I start poking away at things. I go, okay, I give up. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't right now. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I think that it, it's just an amazing thing um, to find out, like you said, understanding where we, where we came from and, and understanding our ancestry and, and why it's, why it's important. Um, you know, I, I can't believe that we're at the, at the end of our time for today already. I'm just, 
Kate, thank you so much for this incredible information. And, and we're going to, you know, we're going to do another, we're going to do another episode or 20, I'm sure. Um, right. And, and, and finding out so much I'm more and why it's part of me. I got lots to tell yet. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. Scratch the surface. I know. And, and it's exciting to me. And, and I, and I really hope that, that um, our listeners are, um, are intrigued and if they weren't already excited and, and curious about their own families that this will um, invite them into that so that so that we can all understand there's a lot of talk about history lately and and it's not it's almost like it's a dirty word and 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 it's not it's it's where we come from and knowing who our families are and knowing all of that's an important thing so Kate thank you so so much you're welcome, my friend. For sharing this. This has just been fabulous. And I can't wait to get into some more of this. But for now, this is Ali and Find Your Joy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And uh, do remember, you are loved. Yeah. Aloha. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you found a piece of your joy in this episode, I would love to hear about what came up for you so that we can continue to grow the impact of this show. Thanks again. See you soon. And remember, find your joy. Bye.